We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. It's been exciting doing our series on culture. Culture is something that is very, very important and it's something we need to understand. And church culture, to understand church culture, how God sees the church and how God wants the church. Now, you may be saying culture isn't important. That's okay if you feel that way. But let me share one story about when I went to the Solomon Islands, not understanding how important culture was. And at the Solomon Islands, we flew into um, the main island. And then from the main island, we went to another island called Malaita. And um, we went to this particular village where not, there were no white people around or anything like that. And um, just before it got dark, they showed us where to go and have our shower, or they call it have a swim, where you go into a creek and um, you um, just strip down to your undies and you have um, a wash there and then you get out. And they said, this is the men's swimming area. So here's the men's swimming area. That's the area you stay in. We didn't understand the culture. That was okay. We didn't think of a big thing of it. So we, we got in there. There's three of us ministers. We got in there. We um, freshened up. We got some soap and cleaned up. Then when we were lying there, the current was heading in one direction. So we thought, why don't we just explore the river a little bit more? So we stayed in the water and we just started to float downstream and that was beautiful, we're just enjoying it. The next minute we're in a particular area and we're looking at the mountains and that was okay. And we turned around to look at the beach and we realized here were the Baptist ministers in the middle of the ladies' bathing area. Very, very embarrassing. You've never seen three guys swim upstream as quick as we did that day. But culture is very, very important. And we need to understand what culture is about. So our journey with you about culture is the culture the way God wants to see the church. And, and that's our heart. And these are things that we're sharing with you are from Scripture. So we've done a journey. And our journey has started with um, a, a list of what we see in our culture. And the first one was simply, we honour God, His church, and one another. To honour one another is important today because not many people honour other people. We pray bold, faith-filled, expectant prayers. Big, faith-filled, expectant prayers, expecting God to make a difference. We just don't pray little prayers like car parks. We pray big prayers and take steps of faith. We dream big, aim high, and we're not afraid to fail. Hey, if we fail, God gives us the strength. Let's get up again. Some people never try anything because they're afraid to fail. We're committed to extending grace to one another. When people have tried something, they've failed, or, or someone's trying to get up by grace, we help them up. We don't judge them. The next one is we love to give generously and radically. And we talked about that last week, about we serve a generous God, and God has been so generous to us, and He asks us to be generous back to him. And it's not all about money. It's about so much of who we are. And today I want to look at, we actively participate, not spectate. We are saved and called for a purpose. We're gifted for that same purpose that we're called to. It's all about God building his church to overcome the gates of hell. We will live called. We will not just attend the church. We'll look at places to participate in, participate in building his church. 
So the first point I want to talk about is participation is an integral part of following Jesus. He expects us as Jesus followers to participate. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as we see the day drawing near. To encourage one another, to work together, to participate with one another. Hebrews 13.16 Do not neglect to do good, to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Take the effort to share with someone else. Take the effort to bless someone else. Take the effort to participate in something that God is doing. Thessalonians 5, 11, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing, to be encouragers of one another. Do you know it means something? When someone encourages you, that means so much. Be an encourager. Inspire other people. And Matthew 28, the Great Commission, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you to do. And behold, I'm with you even to the very end of the age. God's saying, I want you to work with me. I want you to do a journey with me. Just imagine, let's take an example, if I um, said, hey, after church, I put morning tea on at our place and I'd love you to come to our place and enjoy morning tea. And you say to me, well, how do we get to your place? I say, look, it's really simple. Let's meet out in the car park. Even the right side of the car park, you turn left. If you're on the left-hand side of the park, you turn right. You go down the driveway. Once you get to the driveway, let's go left along Wises Road. It's a bit easier to do this way. So we go left along Wises Road. And as you're going along Wises Road, you'll hit a fruit store. And at that fruit store, it'll turn automatically into North Budrum Boulevard. Follow North Budrum Boulevard until you get the first roundabout. When you get the first roundabout, take my instructions. Just go straight through. If you've got your GPS on, it will say, turn in the second exit and go straight through. But we all know what it means to go straight through. You'll go up a hill, you get to another roundabout, go straight through that roundabout and go down North Budden Boulevard. You'll go through another roundabout. You'll go through the next roundabout, but don't go straight through. Turn left at the next roundabout. Otherwise, you'll end up in the fire station. And it's very hard to get through the fire station and get back onto the road. So turn left and now you're on Pittard's Road. Follow Pittard's Pittard's Road right along to get to the end of Pittard's Road. There at the end of Pittard's Road, you're going to do a right-hand turn. Your right-hand turn is, is into Jones Road, not Jones's Road as the locals call it, but it's Jones Road. As you go along Jones Road, make sure you get in the right lane now because you're going to go through a, two sets of traffic lights. As you go through those two sets of traffic lights, on the second one, you need to take the middle lane. Otherwise, if you're on the left-hand lane, you'll realise it disappears and you'll end up at the... the um, the uh, McDonald's and be in their takeaway section. Go straight ahead and now you're on Main Road, but you're only on Main Road for the next um, 30 seconds because then you're going to veer left in the Fisherman's Road. As you go down Fisherman's Road, you go long, you go through another roundabout. Hold your breath now for the next 15 seconds. You're going past the sewerage. Don't talk. Hold your breath. Keep going. You finally get to the end of Fisherman's Road. You turn left. You're now on Bradman Avenue for about two seconds because you cross the bridge and now it becomes um, David Lowe 
Lowway. There at David Lowway, please veer in the right-hand side. Don't get in the left-hand lane. Otherwise, you'll land into the bottle shop at the um, waterfront. Baptists don't go into bottle shops. We keep going straight ahead. And as we keep going straight ahead on the right-hand side, you've got the Rivershore Caravan Park on the left. You've got a, well, it was a service station. Don't know what it is now. They're digging so deep to put tanks in there. I think they've come out at Japan somewhere. And then you get into Petrie Creek Road. You turn left in the Petrie Creek Road, first right, and then you're in our place, turn left, right, and park there and don't hit the house. <laughs> or I could say, why don't you get in the car with me and let's enjoy the journey together as we participate in the sights that we're going to come against. You know, a whole lot of rules is religion, but the experience is Christianity. As you know, God is with you. He loves you and he cares for you. And that's what it's all about is knowing him and participating with God in the journey along the way. The culture that God created for the church is that every single person matters. The devil's trying to tell you, you don't matter. You do matter. And your participation matters when it comes to the church. God is looking for people who will participate in his purposes. And it's been like that ever since he created the world. He hasn't created the world and said, look, I'll do whatever I like. But he's created the world. He's plonked us in the middle of his world saying, I want you to participate with me with some amazing things in the journey. So we become participants. I talked about last week, Adam in, in the Garden of Eden. God brought all the animals to Adam and said, I want you to name them. I want you to participate in them and how special and how rich that was. When he come to Joshua and the walls of Jericho, can God make the walls of Jericho fall by himself? Is that our God? He could have just said down walls and they were down, but he wanted the whole army to participate, to be part of the journey, to see what he could do. It was their participation that made the difference. When he's building the walls um, of the city and he called Nehemiah, he used everybody in the vicinity to be part of building walls so they could really see the power and the presence of God. Then we come to Jesus' ministry. And as we come to Jesus' ministry, we see Jesus involved people. There's a story in Matthew 14, 15 about feeding 5,000 people. Listen to what he said. He said, as evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, this is a remote place. It is always get, already getting very late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. How would you feel if Jesus said to you, you give them something to eat? When Jesus tells you or asks you to do something, he has got the answer, even though we don't have the answer. The disciples did not have the answer, but they trusted Jesus that he had the answer and he had a way forward. I want to remind you, when you hit a dead end, it's not a dead end for God. Maybe a dead end for you, but God has got a way for you to continue the journey. So they replied, they went and looked for everything they can and they said, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. 
Jesus said, bring them to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And he gave them to his disciples, back to his disciples. He didn't have to grandstand. And here's Jesus going around making sure everyone got fed. He said, here disciples, you take what I've given you and you feed the people. And he took those loaves and fishes and he fed everybody. After the resurrection in the upper room, Jesus appeared to his disciples. And as he appeared to them, it was powerful. It was incredible. And as he appeared to them, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you're going to be my witnesses. The very thing that I've instituted, the church, you guys are going to take what I've given you and you're going to spread out and you're going to be the church. I am depending on you to do this. They could all have said no because they're hiding and they're worried about going to jail. But he said, wait till power comes. When power comes, you're going to be my witnesses. So on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost come, they're all together in one place. Suddenly the sound of blowing or violent wind came from heaven. The whole house in which they were was shaken. Now they were hiding and the place started to shake. And then they saw tongues of fire come on their heads and separated on the rest and on each of them there were fire and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak speaking tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance everyone participated and then they're all Galatians and, and Galileans sorry and there they, they were and then as I go through this there were 15 different nationalities there that heard these people speaking their native tongue to them God used his people to speak in many different languages so that everyone would see that it's not about one person, it's about all of us participating together to make a difference. That was an incredible act of God. God could have just spoke and everyone would have heard and everyone would have known, but he chose to speak through people. That's how God works. He needs your participation. That's his plan, that's his purpose, that's what he's decided. You don't like it, have it out with God, don't have it out with me. It's about God. So participation is a vital part of how God does stuff. The next thing is participation starts with my choice. I've got to choose whether I'm going to participate, a choice I make. Last Sunday, I had a bit of a battle with God. I'm standing, standing down the front, the worship started, and I started to whinge about the mask. God, you expect me to sing in the mask? And God just reminded me, Phil, my glory has not changed. Who I am has not changed. Is a mask going to come between your worship and me? And that's the thing I had to choose. And in life, we are making choices. We're making big choices. God, am I going to push through this to bless you or not? Let me remind you that participation is so important. This story is about participation. The other sad day, Kaiden and I, my grandson, who is two and a half, decided to have a day together. I talked to him and what did, what did he want to do? He wanted to go on the train. So we thought we'd go to the Big Pineapple and we'd go on the train. So we drove up to the Big Pineapple and we were there looking at the big, as he says, the big pineapple. And he really enjoyed the big pineapple. We went to book on the train and the train has been closed down. 
That's really sad. So here's my grandson wanting to go on a train that's closed down. What do you do when there's no train there? Find another train. So I thought, let's go to the Budroom Ginger Factory and we will go on the train at the Budroom Ginger Factory. So we went to the Ginger Factory. We had a great time. We went on the train and that was awesome. By this time, it's just after lunch, he's pretty tired. So we got back in the car and we started heading home. Now he's a little bit grisly because it's been a bit big day and you don't blame them when it's been a big day and they're allowed to have a bit of a grizzle. So going home, I thought he might get to sleep by, go, by the time I get home. So I went home the back way and I thought I'd go via Dunnathan Rock. So I went down this gravel road towards Dunnathan Rock. As I was going down this road towards Dunnathan Rock, all of a sudden I heard a click in the back and one side of his seatbelt had come off. So I immediately, as good grandparents do, pulled over because I had to make sure my grandson is safe. And if his parents are in the room at the moment, I suggest you go into the crèche from this point onwards. Because I thought, oh, pull over straight away, which I did. Still on the road a little bit, but that was okay. I thought, now I'm driving um, Anna and Luke's car. It's a new car. They'd had it for exactly, I think, a week and a half. New car, great car, so I was getting used to it. So I thought I'd jump out and I'd fix this seatbelt. So I jumped out, closed the door, walked around to his side, and just went to open up the car, and it was locked. Here's my grandson at midday in the car in the middle of nowhere and I'm outside the car. Simple. Ursula told me, ring the RACQ, they'll come immediately if your kid's locked in the car. So I reach into my pocket to pull out my phone, but because he's grumpy, he was watching Bluey on his phone and enjoying every minute of it. Car, kid in the car me outside the car. I was in the middle of nowhere. I couldn't see a house, I couldn't see a car, and here I've got my grandson locked in the car. God, what am I gonna do? I tried one side, front door, back door. So I thought, Kaiden, now is the time for you to participate. <laughs> participate, you get it? Would you please, Kaidi, Kaidi, push the button. Push the button, but he was so distracted with Bluey and he was getting very tired and a bit dopey midday, cars heating up. What on earth am I going to do? The things that go through your mind, I thought now, my son-in-law has had this car for exactly a week and I bring it back with a smashed window. That's really going to help relationships. Kaiden, now has done participation. If you have never thought participation was important in anything, participation right now at this moment is the most important thing that can happen. Can you touch the button? Kaidi, Kaidi, I'm over here. And he was enjoying Bluey. It must have been one of those episodes he's never seen. He never took his eye up there. He never took any notice of me. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I went round and I tried the doors on the other side of the car. Back door was locked. And just as I tried the front door, thank God, it was unlocked. These new cars, everything else locks except the front door. But nobody told me that. I don't have such a modern car like that. And finally, I was going... To able to get him in there. It took me a while just to relax, rest a while, pull myself together and drive home smiling as though nothing happened and, <laughs> and just pick the time to tell that story. You can come back in now, parents. Participation is important. 
I wonder how many times God is saying to us in the same way that I'm screaming at everything I've got, kite and participate, that God is saying to you, I need you to participate. Why don't you participate? Well, distraction. Obviously, sometimes we're distracted. There's too much in our life. We're distracted and we don't participate because we're so distracted with other stuff. Our life is so full that we don't hear God or we don't see the need or we say, I can't do that. So we are distracted. Sometimes our participation doesn't happen because it's how we see ourselves that I don't really matter. So what have I got to offer? And yet God has called you for such a time as this. God wants you to participate because we read that in Scripture. God needs us to participate and you don't feel like it. Let me share with you, I'm on the Queensland Baptist board and we make decisions on behalf of Queensland Baptist on a number of areas. And one of the major areas is about administration. There's pastoral issues and administration. And on this board, there is the biggest gurus of administration in Queensland, probably some of the biggest churches. We have a solicitor who runs his own company. And then we've got Phil Greenbury making decisions on administrative stuff. Now, when it comes to administration and laws and stuff like that, my father told me two things. One was, don't get into trouble, get into trouble, don't get caught. That's all I know, that's all I know. And sometimes I feel really, really inadequate. I really feel, what have I got to offer when everybody else knows so much more than I do? Have you ever been there? Do you know what I'm saying? And then that stops me from participating. But then there comes an opportunity to talk about pastoral issues or a a situation that we need some discernment to, to move forward. And then I've got something to contribute. Sometimes we don't participate because we don't think we matter. I want to tell you today, you matter. God thinks you matter because you're here. And that is so, so important. Don't see yourself as extra. See yourself as called. And when you're called, it's important to participate. Sometimes because of hurts and past disappointments, we fail to um, step up and put up our hand and say, I'm going to participate. I've been hurt before. Someone's used me. Someone's abused me. Someone hasn't appreciated me. I think we've all got stories like that. And I'm glad Kaiden wasn't in the car. Well, last time I opened the car, you didn't give me a lolly, so I'm not going to do it this time. Sometimes that's how life is. We need to push in because God needs us. And part of the journey for the kingdom of God is us participating together to build his church. I've done my time. Sometimes I think I've done my time doing it. Now it's someone else's time to participate. Well, we've done our time in one area. Let's find another area where we can do our time. It is so important to keep participating for the kingdom of God. I was praying about this this week and said, God, how much more do I have to learn before I die? Do you ever ask God some straight questions? God, haven't I learned enough? And you know what God said to me? Phil, until the moment you see me, you need to learn, you need to grow because it's not focused on where you've come from, it's about where you're going. He said that when you get to heaven, there's a, there's a job for you that I've got you to do, like I've got a job for every single person to do. And that gives us a reason to learn, to grow, and to get ready for heaven, not to look at the past and say, I've done it for the past, I'm okay, but be prepared for what God has for us in the future. And that was a massive challenge. There are seasons at times we need to rest and relax and grow and refresh, and that's quite okay. And if you're in a season, I encourage you to enjoy that season, but rest, refresh, grow, and come back and say, yes, I'm ready to participate. 
If we prioritise our time, that is so important as we participate. So we've got many reasons why we shouldn't or we can't participate, but God is calling us. We need to participate. Participation is important because I have been given a part to play. Whether you like it or not, you have been given a part to play. God has made you you, not by a mistake, but by God's divine appointment. You have got a part to play in the kingdom of God, whether you like it or not. When the Holy Spirit came to your life and you received Jesus, he implanted in you gifts and abilities that he wants you to use for the kingdom of God. There are spiritual gifts in your life. Every single Christian has got a spiritual gift and God expects us to use it. And he's given that gift to the church, to the body, so that we use that together in the body as we participate for the kingdom of God. You have got a special gift chosen by God, placed in your life that God is saying, I need you to participate. Don't just stay in the car and watch Bluey. Open the car, participate. That's what God wants us to do. And it's Participation is all about me understanding who I am in God, who you are in God. You are a chosen person. You're a royal priesthood. You're a person after God's possession. God loves you. God thinks you're incredible. Chosen by God, specially made and shaped by God. The spiritual gifts he's given you are for you and they're yours the heart, you've got a special shape, your heart, your passion, your desire to serve Him or your interests have been given by God because He needs you to use them. Your abilities that you have or you've learned over your time, God has allowed you to learn those because they're important for Him and for the Kingdom of God. Your personality, we all think in some ways our personality is a bit quirky, but God made you that way. He loves you. He loves your personality. And we look at other personalities and said, oh, if I could only be like that person. God's never ever once said that about you. God's never ever said once, I wish you could be like that person. He celebrates and applauds you being you because he made you you because it's you that's going to change your world. And the experiences, the experiences that we go through on, in life are all part of what God wants us to use for his kingdom. So when we participate, we don't say, hey, I'm just volunteering because there's a space. I'm bringing all that God has done in my life, all that I am in God, to honour him, to build his kingdom, and to make an impact for eternity. We've got a role, we've got a purpose, and the world's an amazing place because you exist. And that's how God sees it, and that's how God wants you to know it. Over the years, a century or two ago, or three centuries, Michelangelo, he did this incredible painting on the Sistine Chapel. And over a number of years, he'd get up every day, he'd get up there on scaffolding, and he'd start working on the top of this chapel. And he'd work hard and he'd paint long. And I guess at times he just didn't want to be there, but he did it because he had a mission, he had a purpose. And now it's one of those wonders in the world that everyone wants to see, the Sistine Chapel of this great guy who spent those years to make it so beautiful. You know, 
The world would be a lesser place if Michelangelo decided too hard to do and chose not to participate in making that chapel incredible. Throughout history, there have been people that have made a choice to participate. I think of Moses. If Moses didn't participate with God when he had to go to Pharaoh, where would we be today? If Noah decided, God, I don't do boats, it's too hard to do boats, I'm not going to do a boat, where would the world be? If Nehemiah said, God, I don't do walls, what would have happened to God's kingdom? If Solomon said, God, I don't do temples, we were missed out on so much. Imagine if Mary said, God, to the angel, Gabriel, I don't do virgin births. Where would we be? And just imagine if Jesus said, Father, I don't do crosses. Where would we be? Participation. Participation in the kingdom of God makes all the difference. We're called. It's God's way. We're called to participate. And that's why it's part of our cultural statement. We participate together to build the kingdom. If you hold back on what God's given you and you decide for some reason you're not going to use it, the world can't be a better place because you said no to that little bit that God has deposited in you for the sake of the kingdom of God. So this morning, it is my privilege, whether online or here present, to invite you to participate in the greatest victory ever won, the greatest sacrifice ever given. As we have the Lord's Supper, a simple piece of bread that Jesus said, this is my body. I've given it so everything you've ever done can be forgiven and that you can walk in new life. I've participated with the Father for the sake of you and for the sake of the kingdom. As we take this, as we eat this this morning, we participate with him in what he's doing. So Lord Jesus, all we can do this morning is to say thank you. Thank you for this bread. Thank you for this cup that you've given to us today to participate with you in, to remind us that you are in us and through us, that you set us free from our past, you've injected a present into our life, and Lord, you've given us gifts and abilities to build your kingdom. God, as we take and eat, as we remember what you've done, Jesus, we say, what an honour. What an honour this morning to participate in serving you. In Jesus' name. Can we stand together? Let's stand together as we participate together in thanking God for what he's done. Let's eat. Let's drink.
Lord, to have taken of the greatest gift of all, we want to say thanks this morning. And Lord, our hearts to say yes. Lord, it's a privilege to give back, a privilege to serve. It's a privilege to participate, to just to be part of the kingdom of God that you're building from here to eternity. And God, with all that we are today, we bless you and we say thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.